Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Dylan James right here on JDF Media Out of Bounds. We got Tyler joining us this evening as always, having a coughing fit of some sort, but he is okay. He's a little bit under the weather, but he is to talk to us about off-season football. And it's crazy to think, Tyler, that the scouting combine is set to occur next week in Indianapolis starting on February 29th. Yeah. And it's going to be insane because I feel like this this week, this year, has just sort of propelled itself super fast because we have Easter on the 31st of March. We already had Ash Wednesday and everything, so Lent's technically going on, and I run that through work, and it's just been it's been an insane few weeks. Yes, it has been as he begins his coughing fit once again. Alex Hanley yeah. is in the chat already, missing the boys this week. We're missing you as well, Alex. Alex is feeling under the weather, too after having some vaccinations. Um, so he had the COVID and the flu shot today, and we all know how the COVID vaccine does to you. It definitely um, puts some people out for a few days. So I yeah. uh, hope you start feeling better I didn't better have that. I just had a stomach bug, and then it developed into a cough, cough and vomiting. And oh. A lot of fun, fun few days. We don't need this to talk whole... about that on the show. It's fine. We don't, yeah, no. I don't, Since I don't want to hear about vomiting. It's... The past few weeks has not been fun yeah so well it's been fun for it's 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 not been fun for me it wasn't fun for me last week let's say that uh when it comes to our weekly endeavors because last week on tuesday my dog Knox, our our almost 13 year old dog Knox, a shipu he um went down with pancreatitis and so he was in the animal hospital for two days so that's why we missed the show last week because he was home he got home to recover on Thursday evening and um, decided to skip the show last week. So we have some Super Bowl to talk about tonight. We'll do some recap on the Super Bowl because obviously that occurred. And obviously I was the only yeah. one on the show that chose it correctly, I mind you. So I, I chose the matchup correctly from the conference championship weekend. And then I also picked the winner correctly. So if you bet on those things, I'm I'm happy for you. And I'm I'm glad that I was able to provide you some monetary value from this show if you listen to my nonsense at all the past uh three weeks i mean i still think it's funny that the 49ers ever since they lost the amount of just drama that has been coming out of their camp with brandon Ayuk and kyle Juszczyk and the offensive linemen going back and forth with each other and it's just funny i just love seeing that team collapse because i think as much as I wanted them to win because I don't want the Chiefs to win another one because I know that they're going to be a dynasty for years to come now, it, it's it's still funny because now it's like the big bad is fighting itself. So it's like, cool, they're just going to self-destruct themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll talk more about the dynasty conversation in just a minute as well because, once again, the Chiefs did win and they won their third Super Bowl or they went to their third Super Bowl in four years, which is quite an accomplishment for Patrick Mahomes and the boys there in Kansas City. And Alex wants to mention that he wants credit for the heads call, which I have to give him credit there. I, I totally forgot about the conversation that we had because we were talking about the prop bets. I, I, I think that we had also said that the national anthem was going to go under, but it actually went over. Yeah, I was the only one that said it was going to be over, and you guys were like, oh, no, it's going to go under. I, 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 I think I... We need to go back and look at the tape because I haven't looked at the tape, but I, I believe I was going to say over as well, but then we decided to go under just because 
we th- I think Alex was the one who said that he thought it was going to be kind of upbeat and it was going to be Reba and you know things of that nature. I think I had initially said that it was going to be over as well, but I kind of caved to uh, the the group think on the show. So um, we have to look back at those and see who got the the best the best result from those props. But um, yeah, the heads call was a great call. Heads in in the regular regular uh, regulation. Blah. And then tails yep. in overtime. Yeah, so both of them technically hit. Look at that. I wonder if... Well, I mean, it, it wouldn't count for either. They should have it to where there's a prop for what the te- what the coin toss would be in overtime and in regulation. That would be like... I think that would be too specific. Those odds would be astronomical, though. Yeah, because this is what? The first overtime game? Second. Or second overtime game, first one in like what was the first fifty years, something like and like it was like in the single digits, right? That's where they were saying. Nope. The oh, first overtime the, game the, occurred. The Atlanta Falcons. Yep. Uh, Patriots game. Duh. Twenty-eight to three. Yeah, that was the first overtime hey, I guess, game. Guess guess who was in that one too? Kyle Shanahan. Kyle who Shanahan will lead once again. Once again, so three times Kyle Shanahan's been to the Super Bowl and has yet to win one. And has blown a lead in all of them. It's rough. And then they fire their defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. Yep. Which I'm surprised with because it was not his reason that they lost. No, absolutely not. It was one also Drake Greenlaw's freak injury. It's a pretty shitty way to fire your defensive coordinator after the Super Bowl when all of the jobs are already filled for the next season. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would have loved him on. Green Bay, but I'm Absolutely. glad we got Jeff Halfley because I'm now biased towards him. But if we would have gotten, if we would have gotten Steve Wilkes out of him, like I would love it. Like his defense last this past year was great. They didn't, they weren't as turnover heavy as they were the past few years. But I mean, you can live with that if you're if you're not giving up more than 15 points a game. And also, what was the story that I don't know if it was Nick going to Los Angeles or Joey going to San Fran, but there was a story that was out there saying that the two brothers potentially could be playing with each other this coming up season. But I didn't I'm, see that. I think it might have been Joey who was going to be potentially released or traded in the off season, and they could potentially be playing together next year on the San Francisco 49ers, which that would be wild. If those I mean, two I would be played together. <laughs> I would be surprised. You look at how Chase Young performed. He wasn't the best, especially in their midseason pickup. I think the 40 ers are hoping that he would have been a bit better. And if Joey gets released, then might as well try to re- reunite the Bosas and just have that tandem of Joey and Nick Bosa on the Ed's ends coming after you. It, it, it's just more fuel to that defense. Yeah. The Bosa bros. They could be yeah. like the, they could be the Smash bros. Super Smash Brothers? You mean the Mario Brothers? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it wouldn't be the the it wouldn't be the Mario Brothers. It would just be or the, um, yeah, Super Mario Brothers. But it would be just some sort of variation of Smash Brothers. Yeah. Is there a, out there trying to get sacks? You know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, we do have other things to talk about this evening. We're gonna be talking about the scouting combine uh. happening this coming up week. Excuse you. Um, we'll also Thank be talking you. about um free agency franchise tag potential players out there. We'll also be discussing a story with the competition committee getting two new members, two new head coaches who are members of the committee. And last but not least, we'll be talking about Justin Fields and the drama in 
Chicago. So packed show this evening, even though we are in the off season, there are a lot of stories out there and let's just dive in. Uh, let's talk about the Super Bowl first, Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Big game. There were a lot of, a lot of celebrities there. The majority of them yep. being in Taylor Swift's box for this yep. game. We saw Ice Spice. We saw Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds' wife. We saw Taylor. We saw, I mean, we saw a bunch of celebrities this game, obviously, because it was in Vegas. Um, and this game really did not disappoint. This game was, no, was uh, it, it fit the bill. We, we thought that it was going to be one of those kind of games to where it was going to be back and forth the entire time. And it was, which was great. It was great to watch. Commercials were kind of down this year. I mean, let's talk it, about I, the commercials was, for just a second. Let's talk about this for just a second. Because in my mind, I think companies are doing a disservice by showing previews, by showing the whole commercial before the Super Bowl even happens. Yes. Majority of the commercials that were shown during the Super Bowl this year were shown before the Super Bowl even occurred. So why not make commercials that you preview during the Super Bowl and then have those commercials play for however long after the Super Bowl to get your money's worth? Because obviously you're putting a lot of production costs into this um, to where you want to get the most bang for your buck, which I kind of get from the companies wanting to you know release it on YouTube and release it online, things of that nature. But yeah. don't release the actual commercial before the Super Bowl. That defeats the purpose of a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, it really does. I just remember, what was it? This is forever ago, but the the Coors late one second commercials. You remember that where they like they paid for like one second of commercial space and only had like what the they had like fifteen different commercials and it was all just different with one second commercials of the dude yelling Coors or some stuff like that. I don't remember those. This but... was forever ago. I remember Damn. it because it was just so funny. Because it's like you would just it was like like you just be watching it and all of a sudden it's one second Coors and then switch to a different commercial completely different it would just be like that's how you do it yeah and don't be like oh well like the fan duel kick of destiny like everybody knew he was gonna miss it again everybody knew Gronk was gonna miss it well like, I I said on fan duel he was gonna make it this year because I thought that okay well I had seen a video beforehand him train I think we even talked about the video him training beforehand missing a few kicks but then at the very end of the video he went like five in a row and, and kicked all five of them through so I was like okay you would think that he could make one like, come on, he, he could, he could make it and it'd be fine. Um, but all those, I think it was like $10 million worth of bonus bets that were going to be yeah. out to, to fans. And, um, it, it was no good. And the people who chose no good got bonus bets. I think Ann Bailey got like a $50 bonus bet, um, from that. So, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I, I think that that obviously that was going to occur again, having the lead up to your commercial is fine. I don't mind you having like little vignettes coming out, like of things that are happening before the commercials to kind of set up the commercial for people to build anticipation for that commercial. But the buildup shouldn't be part of the actual commercial commercial. Yeah, no, it shouldn't be one of the big things. Uh, the Dunkings commercial. People loved that commercial for some reason. I didn't like it. To be I completely forgot about it. That's the thing. People are loving it. Duncan has actually done very well with the commercial. They've actually sold merchandise that was branded Dunkings, and they had a, a huge, like, 
an apparel lineup and things of that nature, all of it sold out within a few, uh, at least an hour or two after they released all the items, uh, the limited edition items. So, I mean, I guess it was successful. I didn't like it based on what we've seen as Super Bowl commercials since, you know, the dawn of time for, you know, for all of us. Um, I mean, I've been watching the Super Bowl religiously since at least 99. So like I've been watching Super Bowl commercials for a long time and you always have that signature Budweiser commercial. You always have I didn't I didn't see that one. Yeah, I I didn't see a Budweiser commercial this year. You usually used to have a, a Doritos commercial every year too. Which was like, oh. there was at one point in time where Doritos used to do like these fan created commercials. That was, yeah, that was only like, a, that was like three or four years ago. That wasn't that long ago either. And they were and so like good. Just, yeah. And then they just, and then they just didn't do it this year. This year was like, there was like that AI, AI generated Jesus loves you with washing feet. Uh, remember yeah, that it commercial? The 15 Timu commercials. Yep. Like and I'm just like why? And it's all, it's no. not Temu anymore. It's Temu. Did you see that? Temu. Temu yeah, is what they're they're trying to say. It's Temu. It's kind of like there's another brand too that came out saying their name was has been wrong for all of these years and trying to I don't know. Um, but they're saying it's Temu instead of Temu, which I've heard Temu for since day one, and I'm gonna keep yeah, saying I have Temu. Too. And yeah, Alex uh chimes in says I believe Taylor appeared on screen 13 times. For a cumulative fifty-seven seconds, it yes. seemed like a lot more than that, though. It did because it was every time Jason, it was every time Taylor, not Jason, Kelsey. Travis, oh, Travis. I'm sorry, Travis, Travis yes. did something. It was immediately Travis Taylor. Back to the game. Yep. Travis Taylor. Back to the game. Back to the game. It's but like, thirteen times though. So Yippee. all those numbers, all those numbers came together. They were lucky numbers. The thirteen, just the eighty-seven, the, whatever. I just love the memes of Jason after at the Super Bowl, at the Super Bowl, and just afterwards with the with the luchador mask and everything like that. He was having I, the time of his life. Oh he yeah, you know, it. yeah, he was loving it. Um, but yeah, Super Bowl commercials, stop it! Don't don't release the commercial before the Super Bowl. It defeats the purpose of a Super Bowl commercial. But I have to say though, one commercial that didn't show the entire commercial during the Super Bowl which I was kind of sad about, but it's two minute commercial, the Paramount plus commercial. Did you see the one that had Patrick Stewart and Arnold from Hey Arnold and Creed in it too? If you haven't seen that commercial no. yet, go see it because you can go online Paramount plus it's, I think it's one of their top commercials. It's on YouTube right now. Um, Patrick Stewart's in it and it's to a tang of Aloha as well as in the commercial. And they're, they're trying to get out of this gorge, this, this wintry gorge and, um, Tua is trying to throw things to the top of this, like the top of the gorge to get out, but he still can't get there. And he's like, man, I just, I can't get it up there. Patrick Stewart said, if only we had something shaped like a football and Arnold Arnold's right was there. there. <laughs> yeah. So they were trying to throw Arnold Tua was like, I'm not going to throw a kid. And then the rest is history. So go watch. You know who, they, you know who they should have had instead of that, instead who? of Tua Gardner Minshew, Uncle Rico. That would I could funny. throw a football over that over those mountains. I think that I think if you that had, you to lean into that, you have to lean into that a little bit. I wonder if Napoleon with, Dynamite's on Paramount. I don't because if it, it is, if it is on Paramount, then that they missed an opportunity there, especially making it to where like not necessarily doing it to where like replacing Tua in the commercial, but having him come at the very end saying like, 
I'll take care. I'll throw that that kid over the mountains. Like so, something a nod to uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, I think it was like Nickelodeon, <laughs> wasn't it? Or no? Uh, no, it is not on Paramount. It uh, is on Hulu and Amazon Prime Video and Apple TV. Boo. Well, so, scratch that. Unfortunately, scratch that. But Gardner Minshew would have been a good a good option as well. I mean, it doesn't need to be on your website to, you know, poke some fun at it. No, you know, it doesn't. But, I mean, I, the Paramount commercials are all about, hey, this Paramount is what's stuff. on Paramount Plus you can go see. That's, yeah. the, re- that's the main reason for it in the first place. Um, yeah. But it, it is it is a very funny commercial. I think that was the best commercial, in my opinion, of the Super Bowl. However, I saw the commercial three days before the Super Bowl. Sad. I genuinely don't even remember any commercial. Granted, I feel bad because I never really remember any commercials because I don't really watch it for the commercials. But yeah, even then, like I still remember like some, like Puppy Monkey Baby, that's mm-hmm. been stuck in my head for fifteen years. I that commercial was so good, so good. Yeah, my, and my... it's like you need to have at least a few of those that are like they're gonna get stuck in your head no matter what. And it's like this year just didn't have any. No, um, my commercial that gets stuck in my head that's been stuck in my head for at least fifteen plus years was a Budweiser commercial. The Clydesdales were in the middle of this field playing football. Okay. Huh. It goes to a shot of the referee, a zebra, underneath the replay booth, watching a replay of the line of scrimmage of a play that just occurred. And it just kept cycling. It would play and then cycle back. Play, rewind. Play, rewind. For like three or four times. And so everyone's waiting there for this referee to make it up his mind. Two country got two cowboys are sitting on a fence post. One says that referee is a jackass. And the next cowboy says, no, I think it's a zebra. And it was a Budweiser commercial. It was incredible. It was so (laughs) fun. Just so stupid, so simple, but yet so effective. And I've, I've, I, I could not, think of a better commercial than that one. I mean, I know Budweiser had the frogs and things like that too, but yeah. um, that commercial was just so funny in my opinion. No, you got to have those that are so stupid it's funny because like... Puppy Monkey how are you gonna, was stupid. You, you gotta, yeah, it was. Puppy Monkey Baby. It was stupid. Puppy Monkey It was baby. stupid, but it's like you just remember it because it's so catchy and it's just like... I remember having to do... I did a a presentation on it and it's like one of those commercials it's like how do you market something I'm like this this yeah. is how you market something it's so stupid it's good and they're like well why is it stupid i'm like listen to it for yeah. three seconds and it gets stuck in your but head but it's catchy absolutely it's catchy and, and the the next day after that when i went to school after that commercial the next day everybody was talking about that commercial yeah how weird it was. was talking about that and also had a mountain dew in their hands <laughs> yeah like yeah. I'm telling you, man, I miss those old old school commercials. <laughs> Hopefully at some point, some marketing professional will come in and say, look, we have to nix the way we're doing things right now and make it to where it's like the old school commercials because that was that was the heyday for Super Bowl commercials. Anyway, yeah. we spent way too much time talking about that. So we're going to talk about the Super Bowl itself. Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl. Andy Reid versus Kyle Shanahan. This game was, it lived up to the billing, for sure. It, it was a very, very good game. Ended up being a tie and going into overtime. The The score at uh, at the end of regulation was um, 19-19, was the final mm-hmm. score in regulation. 
Went to overtime. The Niners got the ball first, kicked a field goal, gave enough time to the Chiefs for them to drive down the field. And with six seconds remaining on the clock, the clock was draining at this point. And I'm like, they have to kick a field goal or something to tie this game once again to go to double overtime, at, at least. Well, so apparently you don't even need to tie it. It'll just go into another quarter if they weren't able to score, apparently. At least that's what I've been hearing. Oh. See, and that's so, the thing, too. Like, there, there weren't really defined – they didn't really define for us what would happen after a overtime period that ended up yeah. being tied or ended up being, like you said, like the Chiefs were driving. They were within the five-yard line at that point, I believe, or the 10-yard line at least. And what happens if they don't score right there? But they still have downs to go. Yeah. That's they, why I still there think wasn't much that they got to – no, there wasn't. That's why I still think they just got to go to the college football playout. They just got to go to the college football route of overtime games. Start at your start at their start 25. at your own either forty five or twenty five or start yep. at if you want to get if you want to give more higher high scoring. Start at their start at the opponent's forty five, and you get and you I get, get that. I drive. can see thirty five. I think forty five might be a bit too too much. From, so like so you'd start at the opponent's thirty five. Yeah, and just I think so. Over there. Yeah, I'd do that. I think or so. 35. I feel like 45 would be better just from. Because if you can go 25 NFL yards in college, you should be able to go 45 or 35 yards. Is it is it 25 NFL. in is it 25 in college? I, I couldn't remember so. if it was 25 or I don't okay. I think it yeah, is. It, yeah, add those 10 extra yards and be like, yeah. okay, yeah. NFL, you start here, you go, okay, cool. We stopped you. Okay, now we just got a store and we win. I think it'll just be so much easier and so much more clear than being like Oh well, if you don't score and they don't score, then it goes to sudden death. But if you score a field goal, then they gotta score a touchdown. If they score, tu- if they score a field goal, then they get the ball back. And it's just like making a shootout. It's so much simpler, and it's it's much more exciting it, too. Much more exciting. I mean, yeah. it was still an exciting game. I, I think that leading up to the Chiefs scoring and and winning in that dramatic fashion, I think it was exciting. Um, it kind of got inevitable once they had the ball within the 10-yard line with less than a minute to go. I think everyone kind of knew what was going to happen. But I was hoping for it to go to double overtime. Like, that would have been even crazier, even wilder. But the big yeah. story out of this, out of this whole overtime period, before we kind of dive into the the actual game itself um, in the regulation period, Kyle Shanahan, the Niners, decided to go have the ball first in overtime instead of electing to give the ball to the chiefs to know what they needed to do score wise to keep the game going or to win the game. Do you think that was a good decision by the Niners? And do you think this report coming out that the team didn't know overtime rules in the playoffs is correct? I think so. I'm going to start with that second one first. Is it correct? I think it is correct. Cause it's something you probably mentioned like once or twice, but the way how the Chiefs were talking about they're talking about like how oh yeah we had weekly meetings on this stuff because it's Andy Reid, Andy Reid is going to be prepared no matter what. He's mm-hmm. faced off against Bill Belichick. He knows what it's you know what it needs to be take to be prepared. I think Kyle Shanahan they probably had a weekly they probably had like, <laughs> they probably mentioned it in like their weekly meeting like once or twice, but it wasn't like a full on like in depth sort of conversation about it. But I think also too where. They could have been more prepared for it. And then I think also the whole fact of, oh, yeah, we're just going to get the ball first and go for two. I think that's sort of the one thing that the that 
the 49ers didn't really think of because if they were able to score first, I think they would have just gone for the field, gone for the extra point because I don't think they, they felt confident in their play afterwards to especially not be able to stop Travis Kelsey after Dre Greenlaw went down to be able to go with a complete shootout over them. I think they wanted to score first and not rely on their defense to try to, to give up a touchdown because of the way that it was in that later half after the Dre Greenlaw injury, it was just like the Chiefs could do whatever the hell they wanted in the middle of the field with Travis Kelsey, and they really didn't have a stop to it at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that Trey Greenlaw going down was a huge blow for the Niners in this game. Early in this game, too. It happened first quarter? Second no, quarter? No, it happened, it happened after halftime. I thought it happened early. I believe it happened early. Sh- and it was because he was running onto the field to go out there, and he tore his Achilles. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was it was in the second quarter, nine yeah. minutes left. I mean, it, still early, still uh, yeah, really early in the game. So like, there was a lot of game to be played at that point. Niners were playing really well in the first half, and then you know Brock Purdy. People, I'm telling you, Brock Purdy didn't lose this game. He wasn't the one. No. He wasn't the reason why they lost this game. He played fairly well. Could he have thrown an extra touchdown? Probably, potentially. Did he throw an interception? Like Patrick Mahomes? No. no. He didn't turn the ball over. Jawan Jennings had that. Some balls. Well, true. Jawan Jennings had that touchdown throw and touchdown reception. If they had won that game, do you think Jawan Jennings would have been the MVP? Oh, 100%. I voted for him. I would have. Yeah, I would have. I voted for him, and I also voted for the special teams guy, 84. I can't, I can't remember his name because he had that one really big catch and he made just a bunch of special teams plays on the punt on the punts, getting those tackles like right away and downing them super early. Was it Ray Ray McLeod? Former... No, it wasn't Ray Ray McLeod. Chris it was Conley? 84. Chris Conley. Yeah, because he was the former chief. Mm. I voted for him and Juwan Jennings. I'm like, one of those two needs to make it. I don't think I, it's not that I'm saying that Brock Purdy doesn't deserve it, but I definitely thought that those two guys, like they were the turning points of that team. And then it's like when you started seeing, oh, yeah. Patrick is going to be Patrick, and it's like, okay, yeah, he's going to win this game, and he's going to win MVP because it's just Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So, yeah. Which Patrick Mahomes had a good night, too. 34 of 46, 333 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick in this game, which the pick was some of the throws Patrick was making, especially early in this game. I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> I don't know no, what he I was don't thinking. He, he felt like. It got to a point where I think he felt as though he needed to put the team on his back to win the game, and that wasn't really the case. I don't think he was he was getting really, really amped up, really behind the eight ball in certain situations and felt like he just had to do too much in those scenarios. In the second half, he calmed down a bit, and he, obviously they were able to tie the game and win the game in the overtime. But, um, yeah, yeah he, he, was, he was getting too, too careless in the first half, and... Good thing for the Chiefs, he was able to turn that around. Yeah, really. That's that's one of the things where you got to look at and be like, okay, Patrick, you got to calm down. Travis, you got to calm down as well. Yeah, because he once was they, once trying to push over Andy Reid on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. Once they calm down and they realize, okay, we can just play our game and then we can win it. That's when they realize, oh yeah, we're just gonna win this game. Like, I I think also you look at all the. <laughs> 
Uh, you look at all the videos that came out as well of just the the fumble with George Kittle and how he could have supposedly gotten the fumble back. And I'm like, I'm watching it. I'm like, he didn't know there was a fumble. Like he has his back to the to the ball and you're making it seem like, oh, he could have turned around and made it immediately when you have somebody who's you have George Kalafis who's literally standing there looking at it being like, oh, okay, I'm going to try to make a play on the ball. And it's like just the amount of different stuff that are coming out from both teams. It's, it's just, I think just as soon as they realized, oh yeah, we just got to play our game with Kansas city. Then they're just like, okay, we're just going to win this game no matter what then. Yeah. And they did. So congratulations to the chiefs. Once again, going to the super bowl three out of the f- past four years. Is this a dynasty? Yes. I think that's, we consider a dynasty, right? Going to it three multiple times, like Hatchet Mahomes hasn't hasn't made it shorter than the championship game, other than his rookie season when he didn't play. Like he's made it to the championship game each year. He's made it to the Super Bowl multiple times. He's lost one, one, three now or two. One. This is his third win, right? This is third win. Yeah, fourth Super Bowl, so, third win. Yeah. So I mean, it's just. Yes, I think if you're saying that it's not a dynasty, I think you're insane, in my opinion. It's crazy. It's crazy to see how they've been doing it. Uh, I'm interested to see how it will turn out when Andy Reid decides to hang it up and retire. We discussed that as being a potential this year. There was that report coming out saying that Andy Reid was potentially looking at deciding to retire after winning the Super Bowl, but we haven't heard. I haven't heard anything else since then. Which I'm, I'm assuming, having this team He's, put together the way it is, he has a few more years. Oh, I mean, can, can he can he tack on another Super Bowl or two before he's done? Uh, probably with this roster, especially with how this roster performed without good wide receiver play for three fourths of the season. <laughs> Drops yeah. left and right from. Marquez Valdez-Scantling to Rasheed Rice to um, Kadarius Tony, Those guys are dropping balls everywhere. Even Travis Kelsey was dropping balls throughout the season. So to, for them to come together in the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes to put them on notice. Guys, we got we to gotta, we gotta play. We got to play well. Um, I think that was for this team. So kudos to them, to Patrick, for being able to do that with the team. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's huge for them to be that dominant in this game. It's crazy. Yeah, and he's also sixty five too. I think he's I think he'll probably be coaching till he's seventy. And even then, Eric Bieniemy was back in the building before the Super Bowl with being some yep, just being helpful after he's basically said after he's basically been told like yeah, you're not going to be coaching for the Washington any, for Washington anymore. So I could see him going back there and being basically under him. And then once Andy Reid retires and he's like, okay, cool. I'll just take this back over. Cause they just, ex- they just ex- uh, extended Spagnola too. Mm-hmm. So he's now the winningest coordinator of all time. So you got just basically got a team of champions right now. And it's just like, okay, there's nothing really more that you can really do for it. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the, the breakdown of the dates. In the NFL, in the offseason, that are important to note. Um, February 20th was the start of the franchise tag date. Um, I think teams have until March 5th, 5th to designate the franchise tag to a player. That's the deadline for them. So they have uh, a few a few days to go, a few weeks to go. 
um, before that deadline approaches. But the next week, the 29th through March 3rd, is the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Um, then we have March 13th is the new league year, and free agency begins that date as well. Uh, March 24th through the 27th, the annual league meeting. April 15th, off-season workouts. April 19th, restricted free agent deadline. And April 25th through the 27th is the 2024 NFL Draft in Detroit. So a lot of dates coming up. Um, Fifth-year option, too, on May 2nd. And then rookie minicamp is May 3rd through 6th and May 10th through 13th. So I feel like it's so much faster this year. It seems like it is, which we say that every year, though. We think that it's it's upon us quicker and quicker and quicker, but it's just because we're looking forward to it more and more every year. It's just having a downtime of football. I mean, the NFL has been trying to make football a year-round talking point for a long time, and it's gotten to that point to where it's pretty much there at this point, especially with yeah. – how quickly everything's just falling into place with the the dates they set them that way. Um, they've done a good job at making it to where it stays relevant in the in the sports conversation year round. Yeah, not to mention as well with spring ball being back as well. Then that basically the UFL UFL is back, so that basically halves it because it's like even though it's not professional football, it's still football that you're going to end up watching. And some of these guys will even probably be on rosters if not starting backups because. Who's it? Thurpin, the Dallas Cowboys returner. Yeah, he was found out through the USFL a few years ago, so that's how he got his start. So it's like you're gonna see some of these guys be on rosters in the fall, and it's like, hey, you know, might as well see it. And then like, like even like this combines back in next week, which I can't believe is already this. Because I feel like it's always in March, but now it's in February for some reason. Yeah, so it's just been going fast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> With the the scouting combine, let's talk about that for a little bit. Oh. Are you good? You good over there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have some water just... at least. Yeah, I do. Okay, good. Drink some water while we're while while I'm discussing this. Um, the scouting combine coming up next week in Indianapolis, as always, and that seems like going to be the the permanent home for the scouting. Con- I don't think they've said it that it's going to be the permanent home, but I think they at this point are pretty much leaning towards it being the permanent home for the scouting combine. I think I, I heard somewhere that they're going to try to, they, they've been thinking about moving it, but I think Indian, I think it's just, you it's can't too have convenient. it. Else. It's too convenient. And uh, the, the facility there is top of the line, especially with, with how many players are going in and out of the, the, the stadium for this, um, allowing the, GMs, head coaches, scouts to be there as well. It just it has the capacity to fit everything under one roof. I just don't see it going anywhere else. Um, but with the scouting combine starting on the 29th, um, what are you looking for? What position group are you looking forward to the most this year to watch on NFL Network this year? Um, I need to watch the safeties and defensive backs personally because I think that's going to be our biggest target in in the uh, off-season slash draft. I know there's a few Boise State guys that are going to be there. I'm p- pretty sure Braylon, Ed- uh, Braylon Allen is going to be there, so I'm excited to watch him run, especially I believe he got I believe he got injured or our backup got injured for, for Wisconsin this year. I can't remember, but I know his draft stock is completely tanked to like the fifth round for some reason, and I think whoever gets him is going to be very, very happy because Braylon Allen is super young too. 
I think he is, let's see, I'm going to pull it up right now. He is 20 years old. And I think right now he's being projected to go in like the fifth round, like fourth, fifth round. And he's, he's got a lot of tread on the tires from playing at Wisconsin, but I mean, dude's a, dude's a baller. Dude's really, really good. And I think whatever team gets him, that's why I'm sort of hoping that we get him for the Packers. Um, Wide receivers too. I think this is going to be the big year for wide receivers and DBs. I think that's just going to be the big two things. The one that I know for sure I'm not going to be excited for is the linebacking core because I think this year's linebackers are not good. But yeah. who yeah. knows? Maybe there's a few diamonds in the rough. I've heard there's a lot of depth with offensive linemen as well this year, which is a good thing for teams yeah. because teams definitely need offensive linemen, especially the Titans. Um, I'm most excited to see the wide receivers just because I think there's a lot of talent in the wide receiver group coming in from this class. Um, so that's going to be very exciting to watch, especially being one of the major needs for the Titans this year. But Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time, defensive linemen and linebackers are going to be on display. Then on Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, defensive backs, tight ends. Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. And then last but not least, Sunday, March 3rd, the offensive linemen at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So a lot of good, I'm surprised they don't... a lot of good coverage there. Yeah, I'm surprised they don't do O-line and D-line at the same time. And they do D-line linebackers. You would think so, but you would think so, but they do it for, they do it for a reason. They've set this up for a reason somehow. So I guess this is just the best way for them to do it. Um, so yeah, there you go. NFL network, check it out. Scouting combine next week. A lot of, a lot of eyes are going to be on this scouting combine. Um, and there always are, but this year it just seems like it's going to be very fascinating to watch all these players coming up. And, And this year, I'm going to be spending a lot more time watching these players and watching the combine more than I have in the future in the past. I mean, um, because I just want to get into the, get into that part of the game more into that part of yeah. football, more um, the assessment phase as we call it. Yeah. Cause so. when you could say, Hey, I found a diamond in the rough and he actually turns out good. And you're like, Hey, I told you, I told you he was going to be good. So, yep. Yep. And when I'm ripping packs next year of Don Russ and of optic and of prism, I can say, this guy's going to be something because I watched him on the scouting combine. So there you go. Just don't get, uh, don't get uh, Zach Wilson pilled. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that. I mean, quarterbacks are a little bit, a little bit more of a crap shoot in my yeah, opinion. But Most yeah. of the other positions you can kind of tell who's going to be good and who's not going to be good, especially, and also it's team development too. So, I mean, I think if, if Zach Wilson had gone somewhere else besides the jets, I might have seen a different Zach Wilson. Even though I thought Zach Wilson was going to be um, pretty good coming out of college. But obviously he was not because he's with the Jets. And Bailey is in Orlando this week, this weekend, for the Princess Marathon at Disney. And she's asking how Knox and Smokey are. They're doing great. Smokey is below my feet right now, sleeping. And Knox is doing well, too, downstairs. He ate, and uh, he's resting. He's chilling downstairs with the TV on. So he's doing good. Thanks for asking. Um, so there's a scouting combine. That's going to be happening this coming up week. So hopefully you guys tune into that. Let's discuss this real quick too. The free agency period is going to be starting soon. But before we get there, we have the franchise tag. We're in that window right now. And Bailey said thanks for the pup date back to sports. Yes. Um, so we're in the period now for the franchise tag. March 5th is going to be the date, the deadline for those tags to be presented. 
Um, but looking at free agency, what player do you see getting the franchise tag this year uh, before they hit the open market for other teams to discuss <laughs> contracts with them? <laughs> Taking your breath away with my oh, questions. God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give like my top number one that I think is going to happen. Yeah. Top number one. Oh, Josh Allen with the with the Jaguars. I was going to say. Josh not Josh Allen, Allen of the yeah. Bills. No, no. Josh Allen of the Jaguars. They don't really have a defensive end. I think he's their best red rusher. They took Trayvon Williams two years ago, right? That was 2022. Because or... it was him and then Aiden Hutchinson, which everybody's still... Yeah, so they, everybody's yep. still surprised that they took him. 2022. And he hasn't really... Yeah, he hasn't really turned out to do much. So I think they, they need to have the edge rusher, and I think that's going to be their best bet for him. They have they have. We're lo- I'm looking at the PFF ranking, and they're they're saying that the top free agent comparison for him is Melvin Ingram from 2017. I think that's true. I think you need to have somebody like that, especially if you want to try to build up Saxonville again on that defensive side, which I think you needed to have, especially with how sort of inconsistent your offense was this year. I think you need to build up that defense a little bit more, and especially with Josh Allen, you can't let him walk for almost nothing unless you want to try to re-sign him for a whole bunch. Yeah. I, from players that can be franchise tag, Kirk Cousins is one that's a free agent. People ask about him getting franchise tag again because he was franchise tag so many times. However, in Minnesota, he did sign in his contract. There was a stipulation that he would not be franchise tagged um, after a certain amount of times. So he is not getting franchise tagged in Minnesota. Um, just a note there. But I would have to say, for the Chicago Bears, cornerback Jalen Johnson will probably be my free agent to be that will get franchise tagged. Young up and comer, playing very well for the Bears. He would probably be the top one of the top cornerbacks in the market, right there next to Legarius Sneed if he did hit the free agency yep. market. Um yeah. but I just don't see him going anywhere. I think that they have they have enough money to pay him. Um, especially a franchise tag because it would be an average of I think the top three earners. I think it's the position top, or something along the, along those lines. Yeah, I think it's the top three or five earners something like or something like that. So he'd get the average of those. So he'd be pretty highly paid for a year. However, they're going to potentially get a rookie quarterback if the whole if the whole Justin Fields thing turns out the way they want it to. Potentially trading him away and getting someone at number one. I don't know what's going to happen there, um, but to shore him up for one more year to kind of figure out what the lay of the land is going to be after next season, I think they would probably give the franchise tag to Jalen just to have some peace of mind in the backfield for their defense to make it to where they have a solid piece there at corner because corner is definitely a highly touted position in the NFL today. So I think that yeah. Jalen Johnson is going to be the tag there. Yeah, and especially, too, I was talking about this with a few of my buddies, and especially in the NFC North, where now you're having very good receivers. You've got Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. You also well, got potentially. Uh, Jordan, potentially, if he's still there. You got um, Amon Ross St. Brown, who I believe signed his extension. I don't know if he did or not yet. I think he did, but I can't I remember off the top of my head. Is he up for an extension already? Uh, yes, he is. I know he was. I know there was talks about him signing one. I can't remember if he did or not. Hmm. And you also have Green Bay, who's got... I don't want to toot my horn, but we have a few pretty good ones. Nothing that's a true one A in my opinion just yet. Yeah. But if Christian Watson able to take that another step up and not be completely injured, 
I think that's going to be another good receiver. And then also with the Bears themselves, with DJ Moore, you got to have a good cornerback that can deal with it. I think the Packers and the Packers and the Bears are the two that have the best corners in the AFC in the NFC North with uh, Jair and Jalen Johnson. I think if you and if you're the Chicago and you're like, hey, no, we don't really want you. We'll, we'll let you test free agency. I think you're doing yourself a huge disservice with how stacked the wide receiver cores are of everybody in the in the NFC North minus yeah. Chicago, unless they can get somebody else to be their wide receiver three. That's not St. Brown. Yeah. I don't know. I think Jalen's going to be there, though. I think Jalen just shore up the CB1 position for at least another year, wait it out, see what's going to happen next year with contracts and such, and then kind of figure out a long-term solution after that point. But I think Jalen's going to be the franchise tag there in Chicago. Yeah. So there's free agency and franchise tags. We'll talk more about free agency once we get to that point because we'll we'll hear some more rumors and conversations that are happening and also some news I'm sure um, after the scouting combine and after the draft, we're going to be figuring out some more of what's happening in free agency. But let's get to these last two stories before we leave this evening. So Sean McVay and Sean McDermott are the two new head coaches and two new members of the competition committee for the NFL. So this committee, uh, Tyler and I were discussing it before the show. They're the ones who come together every season after the year and discuss things that worked and things that didn't work throughout the season. They, they, uh, propose new rules that could potentially put be put in place. Um, I know there were some different things that occurred with the competition committee. I know the the quarterback, if they're scrambling and they're running to the sideline, um, players can tackle them now. They just don't you know give up on the play. They can still tackle. That, that those kind of things occur in the competition committee. Um, but having two new voices there, it it kind of it's helped in the past with coaches to kind of be more involved, more informed of the rules. So having two guys like this who are successful head coaches in the league, who are typically towards the top of their divisions, um, and Sean McVay and Sean McDermott, I think that's a that's a huge get for the competition committee. Yeah, I, I don't really have much to add on to it. But just I think it's smart, especially when you want to learn it and you want to try to change it, especially with Buffalo the past years basically being like, hey, we got to change the overtime rules because of we don't want to lose to a coin flip, but I think that's still another reason why Sean McDermott is still trying to be in it. Cause I think he's, I don't think anybody's really happy with the overtime rules, at least for the playoffs. I think that still could be changed, but that's going to be another, we'd already talked about that. Yeah. To as much as we could in earlier in the show. So now I'm sure we'll have more conversations and more stories coming out of rules. They're going to propose at the competition committee and the owners' meetings as well. I know, that, I know that's another portion of that, that they have to vote on things and such. So I'm sure we'll hear more yeah. about that in the coming weeks and months as well. Um, last but not least, speaking of Chicago, Justin Fields had a little drama this week on Instagram. He decided to unfollow the Bears and also unfollow the NFL on his Instagram account. He's come out already after this story broke and said that he was just unfollowing so he didn't have all football on his timeline. He wanted to get away from the game a little bit and just kind of focus on the offseason instead of just seeing NFL stories and and stories about the Bears throughout the offseason. Do you buy this from Justin Fields? And do you buy the fact that he says he wants to potentially stay in Chicago? I mean, yes, I think he's the only quarterback that in recent years that wants to stay in Chicago. I don't think there's been a quarterback that's been wanting to stay in Chicago, make Chicago feel like their home rather than Justin Fields. I've said this for the past 
I think, or last year at least, at the beginning of last year, I think I think this was going to be his best year of breakout. I think he did have a pretty good year. It, they just couldn't get over the hump because they started off super slow. I think, I still think them dra- them drafting Caleb Williams is going to be a big no no. I don't. I still got to do more tape. I don't, I don't like trust Caleb him. I don't like Caleb I, Williams. I, I just don't like. I don't like his attitude. It's he very... can take his fingernail polish somewhere else. I, I, I just don't. From all the reports we've heard of, like him saying that I want part, uh, I want like ownership stake in the team that drafts me, and I don't want to go to this place. I want to go to this place, even though that story might have been made up. I, it just all the stories surrounding like it... him are just not good. Yeah, I feel like it's a lot of just like. Oh, I want I want this to happen, and then he's like, "Oh no, I never said that." And then it's like, "Well, why is it coming out then?" And it's just yep. like, I don't know, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I know that there's been stories coming out that oh, Washington wants to trade for the first overall pick, and I think if you're Chicago, I think you take it. I think, and if you do want to draft a quarterback, you draft Drake May. I think he's the more higher upside quarterback. I think he could be better, but. Again, if you don't want to draft a quarterback, then you can still get Marvin Harrison Jr. He's still in for the running. I think if you if you want to finesse Washington and make it think like you're going to get a quarterback, you could just try to trade for uh, scary McC- uh, Terry McLaurin and then get and then draft Marvin Harrison Jr. And then you have three number one receivers in your core right there. But you think, I think Washington that... didn't learn from the Carolina trade last year when they traded away their number one wide I mean, receiver in DJ Moore? Here's the thing, though: it's Washington. Granted, Dan Snyder isn't there anymore. True, but it's still Washington. It is. It so is. I could see them doing something like that, but I mean, who knows? Washington's a complete dumpster fire right now. Yeah, it is. But again, the whole thing with with Justin Fields in Chicago, I think he wants to stay. I think it would be. Lo- I think he would. I think he'd love to stay. But it's Chicago being Chicago. Me, like we got to get a new quarterback. We got to get our new shiny toy because our other one didn't do good after we spent. We had two years of Luke Getze, one year of a different quarterback that we we had Andy Dalton as our starter, then we didn't give him the starting role, and then it was just a whole clusterfuck. So he's excuse me, he's only he's really only started for two years. So I think they I think they should just keep him. But I mean, if you want to get a quarterback now, I think this is the best way you can get it because you do have the number one over pick from Carolina. So then you can just get the quarterback that you want and the quarterback that you hope is going to be your future. But. And also too, they've said that this is going to be the strongest quarterback class for a while. Um, at least not next yeah. year. Next year apparently is not going to be as strong of a quarterback class. So if you want to get a quarterback, get one now, that would be a good thing for some teams in the top 10, a la the Tennessee Titans, because we don't need a quarterback. We can find other pieces at number seven or even trade out of number seven and get the player we want to get still at number nine or, you know, uh, nine or 10 or later. So we'll see how it goes. Um, again, I, I'm interested to see how the quarterbacks go. JJ McCarthy is another name too, that there are some draft analysts saying that he could be the number one quarterback prospect out there. Um, I don't know what he's going to do. At the combine, I don't know what uh, the thing is. Another thing too, these quarterbacks. I'm assuming Caleb Williams will probably not do certain things at the combine because he's just yeah. a prima donna already. Um, but there are some quarterbacks that go out and say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to run the forty or I'm not going to throw this day. I'm just going to throw at my pro day instead. So we don't really have any reports. I didn't see any reports of of what players are going to do and not do at the scouting combine next week. I'm sure we'll hear more about that probably Monday or Tuesday of next week. But um, 
some really cool, interesting stories that will probably come out of the scouting combine and some really good interviews too. There's usually a lot of access to players for the reporters to come in and, and talk to them about all things football and not football. So yeah. um, I'm excited to hear more about that next week. And uh, I don't know. And also I just pulled up the list of people that were invited. And so for quarterbacks invited was Jaden Daniels from LSU. I'm just going to go through the top ones. Yep. Sam Hartman from Notre Dame, Drake May, JJ McCarthy, Bill Milt, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, uh, Spencer Rattler, Jordan Travis, and Caleb Williams. So I think pretty it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be a pretty interesting group. I think it's going to be interesting to see what who's going to rise and who's going to fall, especially in the whole thing of it could be a fancy game. Because I think one name we could look at is Joe Milton rising because just how well he throws the ball. It's going to be an Anthony and, Richardson situation all over again. Yeah, where it's yeah, I think he's gonna be he's just gonna throw the ball fifty seven yards in the air out of his back foot and just be wowing scouts left and right. So yeah, yeah. I think that's gonna happen too. And Jaden Daniels too is another name that has been out there a lot as being one of the top three quarterbacks in this draft class. So we'll have to see how he does at the combine and also see if he actually throws. I know Joe Milton will probably throw. I mean, obviously, he wants to increase that stock as much as possible. So I would assume he would yeah. throw. I would assume maybe Caleb Williams doesn't throw. But he could surprise me. I doubt me. Caleb Williams throws. Yeah. The one person I know is probably not going to do anything because I think Jordan Travis, cause I think he's still recovering from his ACL. Yep. So he's not going to do anything. I don't know who Kendon Slovis is from BYU. I don't know who that is. Was that Zach Wilson's predecessor? Or successor? Maybe. Maybe. Probably. I know Spencer Rattler's going, so that's going to be interesting, interesting to see what he does because he sort of... He'll be throwing too. Fell off a cliff from going from Oklahoma to South Carolina. So. No kidding. No kidding. He had some rough rough games in, in South Carolina. Even this past year had some rough yeah. games in South yeah. Carolina. I mean, South Carolina, their team was not good at no. all. They had no. one of the... They had one of the worst seasons that they've ever had. They beat and Tennessee two seasons ago and felt like that was their Super Bowl or their national championship, yeah. and uh, that was the best game they had in two years. So, yeah, so. not good. Um, anyway, I think that's it for the, the show this evening. Thanks for watching. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, on Twitch, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube. You can also subscribe to the podcast, Out of Bounds, Dylan James, on all of your major podcasting platforms. Pick your favorite. We're everywhere. So download us there. Uh, Tyler, you got anything before we leave? I'll also, another thing to schedule wise, we'll probably take off next week. Uh, we'll probably take off a few weeks, actually. Um, we will be posting when our next show will be on JDF Media and on Out of Bounds, Dylan James, our social media handles. So follow OOB Podcast and JDF Media, and we'll be telling you more about when we will return because we have to take a much needed break uh, after this past season. So Tyler, got anything for us before we head out? Oh, I'm going to hopefully still be alive. Yeah. So. Hopefully, hopefully you, you I got to go are. get some sleep. <laughs> yeah. Go get some sleep. Hopefully you're still alive. We have our next show right here on JDF media. Thanks so much for watching again, guys. And we will talk to you next time at bounds. Dylan James on JDF media. <laughs> <laughs>